Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem nights. Gonna turn it up, please. I done fell in love with Party at the bodega. What up, everybody? This is your man, Benz Pharrell. We're thinking out loud. How's everybody doing out there? All right. Let's get to it. Madison police reveal how they caught the University of Wisconsin sex assault suspect. A traffic stop led to the arrest of a 26-year-old man wanted in connection to a sidewalk sex assault that put a University of Wisconsin-Madison student in the hospital with life-threatening injuries early Sunday morning. Madison resident Brandon A. Thomas is being charged with first-degree sexual assault, first-degree reckless injury, and strangulation. Madison police spokeswoman Elisa Keynes told news sources uh, about um, Brandon A. Thomas's being charged with first-degree sex assault. Madison Police Department Chief Sean Barnes said that the Fitchburg Police Department stopped Thompson at 1.18 in the morning on Wednesday for a registration violation. Barnes said that Thompson was booked into a jail short time later. The police chief said body-worn camera video provided by the Fitchburg Police Department confirmed that Thompson was the driver of the vehicle used to flee the scene after the alleged sexual assault, adding that his clothing matched the surveillance video near the scene of the crime. A witness also told police that Thompson said he just found the survivor and was pretending to be an innocent bystander, according to Barnes. Officials said there was no connection between the suspect and the victim. Madison police found the victim at around 3.20 in the morning on Sunday, and she was taken to a hospital, a local hospital, with severe injuries. Police didn't speak on her condition during the Wednesday press conference. One of the victim friends told news sources that she was found with a broken jaw and was strangled, sexually assaulted, and beaten. New, um, the University of Wisconsin Police Department Chief Roman and Dean of Students Christina Allstar said in, in a Wednesday statement they are pleased an arrest was made. We are grateful to learn of the arrest and the case involving the attack on the University of Wisconsin Madison student over the weekend. We deeply appreciate the efforts of the Madison Police Department and the support of the community. The statement reads, Our focus remains on our students and the healing process still ahead of her and with her family and those close to her. The safety of the Badger community is our utmost concern. All right? So... They got a picture of the dude, Brandon Thompson, 26-year-old of Madison, Wisconsin. You know, right? He was was arrested Wednesday morning in connection with a brutal sex assault Sunday. All right, so he looks kind of crazy. He looks a little messed up. Looks like a little druggie. Uh, Small dreads, real, real, look like he just started twisting his hair. But he can't keep up with it. I don't know. That is crazy. And then I already gave y'all information about Hurricane Lee. She just, 
Hurricane Lee looks like it's just, I'm calling Hurricane like it's a female uh, hurricane, which that is a thing. That is, there is a such thing. They got male hurricanes and female hurricanes, and those are facts. But the only reason I'm probably calling Hurricane Lee a female is because it's actually sitting out there on sea. It's moving 15 miles per hour. I done gave information about it. Um, one, uh, I think the last episode that I did, yes, I gave information about the Hurricane Lee. But it's just out there sitting in the sea. And it was trying to project it that it was going to go northwest. Um, but they don't know. That's why I'm saying. I was looking at the storm earlier, and then I just now looking at it. It's gaining a lot of power. It's gaining force winds. It's growing into a category. I think it's a category one at the time. Matter of fact, let me hit this shit. So let me hit it just so I can freaking tell y'all some more. Okay. Tropical storm Lee strengthens forecast to become extremely dangerous hurricane by Saturday. All right. So let me give it to you straight and raw. Tropical Storm Lee is expected to become a hurricane later Wednesday and is likely to rapidly intensify into an extremely dangerous major hurricane by Saturday, the National Hurricane Center stated. You know, I already did this, but I'm just giving you more updates and a different um, perspective from a different person like this one right here. This storm is going to be a monster um, news sources from uh, named meteorologist Stephen Morgan. All right, I gave you somebody else the last segment. Lee is poised. Lee is poised to give a glancing blow to the um, British Islands and Puerto Rico this weekend as a major Category Four hurricane with winds of 150 miles per hour before it turns to the north, well off the U.S. Uh, east coast. While the storm's most dangerous winds are expected to remain offshore, swells generated by Lee are expected to reach portions of the uh, British islands on Friday. These swells are likely to cause life-threatening surf and rip-current conditions, the National Hurricane Center says. Long-range forecasts show Lee that continuing to churn all right, long-range forecasts show Lee then continuing to churn offshore as it heads north next week. But how close it's nestless to the east coast is still uncertain, all right? You hear me, people? They don't know. They're not sure. See what I'm saying? The storm could go anywhere. The storm could touch the Gulf. It could go all the way north, like heading next to like Bermuda or going straight to like all the way, all most of the eastern seaboard of the United States. I'm talking about Florida, the Carolinas, doggone Virginia, Boston and all of them right there, New Jersey, all the way. And it could go through, it could hit the Gulf Coast corridor, it could go right through where Cuba, but we don't know, nobody's uncertain. All right, that's why I went through another meteorologist, and but all of the meteorologists agreed with each other. They said they don't know, they cannot, they cannot predict, um, what the storm is doing. And from I've been monitoring the storm since um 
It's 1240 a.m. Thursday, September 7th. I was monitoring the storm since 11 yesterday morning, Wednesday, September 6th. You see what I'm saying? And the storm has been sitting on the sea. It's only moving 15 miles per hour, but it looked like it still slowed down because I've been monitoring on the radar. I got my own radar. So I'm looking at the storm. The storm looked like it's just sitting at sea, sitting at sea, and it's gaining more power. You get what I'm saying? New sources, um, hurricane specialist Brian Norcross, see, said soon-to-be Hurricane Lee is not likely to be a direct threat to Florida, Georgia, or South Carolina. The powerful winds should stay well offshore of, of the Bahamas and the southeast United States, Norcross stated. However, the storm will generate very high surf with powerful, dangerous waves, which could do damage along the coast. Most computer models predict Lee will stay offshore, but some indicate a track close enough to the mid-Atlantic and northeast coast to warrant monitoring future forecasts next week. Right? Impacts from North Carolina to New England along the East Coast are still an open question, Norcross added. Plus, Morgan, the other meteorologists agreed with that too. To think that there's, to think that we're not going to feel the impacts on the East Coast because there might not be a landfall is crazy because this storm going to grow in size and it's something that we pay close attention to, Mr. Morgan says. According to the National Hurricane Center, Tropical Storm Lee is about 1,200 miles to the east of the northern British Islands and has maximum sustained winds of 70 miles per hour. The system is moving to the west-northwest at 14 miles per hour. Like I said, it slowed down. Forecast models take the storm just north of the Caribbean islands, but close enough that tropical storm conditions may be felt in places like Anguilla, British Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Tropical storm, Lee. You know what I'm saying? I already explained this to y'all from the last segment, but I'm just giving y'all a little small updates. Tropical storm, Lee, is expected to move north West during the coming days and eventually making it into the eastern reaches of the Caribbean Sea. Lee is forecast to reach hurricane strength by early Thursday, if not later Wednesday, and major hurricane strength by Friday afternoon. By Saturday, winds could reach high and category four strength. Right? So I'll probably talk about this Saturday morning. Like about Saturday morning, I'm gonna give y'all some updates about this um system right here. All right, but we're going to keep it moving. All right, more gun violence, but this is not gun violence. This is just an idiot who didn't take precaution and didn't understand the um, the seriousness of um, having a weapon in the house, especially when you have children in the house, all right? These are the small incidents that we're that everybody's talking about you know and i've been talking about it and stuff and i always try to shed light on it and this is me shedding light on it once again one-year-old boy accidentally shoots himself at home but the father is charged marietta georgia a one-year-old boy is dead after accidentally shooting himself in the head 
the boy's father is now in jail being held without bond. It happened here at the Walton Ridge Apartments in Cobb County Tuesday. Police say Royal Clark found the loaded gun and accidentally shot himself. All right. Sadness and shock spread throughout the apartment complex. That don't make sense right there. I thought people would be a little more cautious having guns around, especially with kids running around. I just hate to hear that, said Adam Wallum, or Walloom, who lives in the complex. Incidents like this are extremely tragic, said Cobb County Police Officer Aaron Wilson. Investigators linked the gun to the boy's father, 30-year-old Conrad Clark. Clark is now being held in the Cobb County Jail on charges of involuntary manslaughter, reckless conduct, and a possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Police say tragedies like this can be avoided. To leave a weapon out is dangerous for them, but also to anyone else who may think it is a weapon or a toy. It seems like it's possible that this child thought it was a toy and was playing with it. And unfortunately, it cost him his life, said Officer Wilson. Liz Bell says she didn't know that family, but is heartbroken over their loss. I never was for everybody having firearms to begin with. And to have it out where a little baby can just get a hold of it, it's sad. His little life hadn't even begun yet, said Mrs. Bell. See what I'm saying? Things like this. It's It's retarded. That's why I said some people, I don't think uh, they should they should create some type of survey or a test or something, something in that matter, some type of protocol where a person takes some type of aptitude test, you know, just the same way when you applying for a vehicle license. You know what I'm saying? And then you have to take a test and all of that stuff to make sure you know everything about the vehicle is the same thing with a gun. You got to know about the weapon and how to use it and how to handle it. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure this guy, if he was um, smart enough to handle a weapon, he would never have the weapon just sitting out like that. He would have it secured somewhere where the child or no children can get to it. You know what I'm saying? But he wasn't smart enough to do that. And plus, he's a felon. Just to show you his background, he never made good decisions to begin with. You see what I'm saying? It's just as simple as that. That's why, that's why I keep opening my mouth and saying, yo, there's a way that the government and lawmakers could curate some type of protocol for individuals applying to possess a weapon. They can do it. The lawmakers could do it. But guess what? You got big companies. It could hit the Gulf Coast corridor. It could go right through where Cuba. But we don't know. Nobody's uncertain. All right. That's why I went through another meteorologist. And but all of the meteorologists agreed with each other. They said they don't know. They cannot they cannot predict um what the storm is doing and from i've been monitoring the storm since um it's 12:40 a.m thursday september 7th i was monitoring the storm since 11 yesterday morning wednesday september 6th you see what i'm saying and the storm has been sitting on the sea it's only moving 15 miles per hour but it looked like it's still slowed down 
because I've been monitoring on the radar. I got my own radar. So I'm looking at the storm. The storm look like it's just sitting at sea, sitting at sea, and it's gaining more power. You get what I'm saying? New sources, uh, hurricane specialist Brian Norcross, see, said soon to be Hurricane Lee is not likely to be a direct threat to Florida, Georgia, or South Carolina. The powerful winds should stay well offshore of, of the Bahamas and the southeast United States, Norcross stated. However, the storm will generate very high surf with powerful, dangerous waves, which could do damage along the coast. Most computer models predict Lee will stay offshore, but some indicate a track close enough to the mid-Atlantic and northeast coast to warrant monitoring future forecasts next week. Right, Impacts from North Carolina to New England along the East Coast are still an open question, Norcross added. Plus, Morgan, the other meteorologists agreed with that too. To think that there's, to think that we're not going to feel the impacts on the East Coast because there might not be a landfall is crazy because this storm going to grow in size and it's something that we pay close attention to, Mr. Morgan says. According to the National Hurricane Center, Tropical Storm Lee is about 1,200 miles to the east of the northern British Islands and has maximum sustained winds of 70 miles per hour. The system is moving to the west-northwest at 14 miles per hour. Like I said, it slowed down. Forecast models take the storm just north of the Caribbean islands, but close enough that tropical storm conditions may be felt in places like Anguilla, British Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Tropical storm, Lee. You know what I'm saying? I already explained this to y'all from the last segment, but I'm just giving y'all a little small updates. Tropical storm, Lee, is expected to move north West during the coming days and eventually making it into the eastern reaches of the Caribbean Sea. Lee is forecast to reach hurricane strength by early Thursday, if not later Wednesday, and major hurricane strength by Friday afternoon. By Saturday, winds could reach high and category four strength. Right, so I'll probably talk about this Saturday morning. Like about Saturday morning, I'm gonna give y'all some updates about this um system right here. All right, but we're going to keep it moving. All right, more gun violence, but this is not gun violence. This is just an idiot who didn't take precaution and didn't understand the um, the seriousness of um, having a weapon in the house, especially when you have children in the house, all right? These are the small incidents that we're that everybody's talking about, you know, and I've been talking about it and stuff, and I always try to shed light on it, and this is me shedding light on it once again. One-year-old boy accidentally shoots himself at home, but the father is charged. Marietta, Georgia, a one-year-old boy is dead after accidentally shooting himself in the head. The boy's father is now in jail, being held without bond. It happened here at the Walton Ridge Apartments in Cobb County Tuesday. Police say Royal Clark found the loaded gun and accidentally shot himself. All right. Sadness and shock spread throughout the apartment complex. That don't make sense right there. 
I thought people would be a little more cautious having guns around, especially with kids running around. I just hate to hear that, said Adam Wallum, or Walloom, who lives in the complex. Incidents like this are extremely tragic, said Cobb County Police Officer Aaron Wilson. Investigators linked the gun to the boy's father, 30-year-old Conrad Clark. Clark is now being held in the Cobb County Jail on charges of involuntary manslaughter, reckless conduct, and a possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Police say tragedies like this can be avoided. To leave a weapon out is dangerous for them, but also to anyone else who may think it is a weapon or a toy. It seems like it's possible that this child thought it was a toy and was playing with it. And unfortunately, it cost him his life, said Officer Wilson. Liz Bell says she didn't know that family, but is heartbroken over their loss. I never was for everybody having firearms to begin with. And to have it out where a little baby can just get a hold of it, it's sad. His little life hadn't even begun yet, said Mrs. Bell. See what I'm saying? Things like this. It, it's, it's retarded. That's why I said some people, I don't think uh, they should they should create some type of survey or a test or something, something in that matter, some type of protocol where a person takes some type of aptitude test, you know, just the same way when you applying for a vehicle license. You know what I'm saying? And then you have to take a test and all of that stuff to make sure you know everything about the vehicle is the same thing with a gun. You got to know about the weapon and how to use it and how to handle it. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure this guy, if he was um, smart enough to handle a weapon, he would never have the weapon just sitting out like that. He would have it secured somewhere where the child or no children can get to it. You know what I'm saying? But he wasn't smart enough to do that. And plus, he's a felon. Just to show you his background, he never made good decisions to begin with. You see what I'm saying? It's just as simple as that. That's why, that's why I keep opening my mouth and saying, yo, there's a way that the government and lawmakers could curate some type of protocol for individuals applying to possess a weapon. They can do it. The lawmakers could do it. But guess what? You got big companies. Was he exposed to something that was inhumane and he didn't agree with it? He couldn't accept it? You know, what compelled this brother to um, commit suicide? It looked like he was doing good in life, you know? Something I wish, I mean, hopefully somebody does a deep dive into this guy's life and get some type of answers. Uh, or maybe he didn't maybe he didn't commit suicide. Maybe he was killed. Or I don't know. Because it's it's kinda strange that he would just commit suicide. It's very strange. It doesn't make too much sense to me. Like what really pushed him to that point. Like I was exposed to some um stuff when I was a young boy and I and I couldn't accept it and I was like especially of course you you call of course you know I'm telling the truth because 
I don't went to theater. Theater means that I went to Iraq. I was in the military. I went overseas, and I seen a lot of things. Yeah, it didn't make sense, and I put two and two together, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, my country is full of shit. They doing something behind closed doors. You see what I'm saying? So, but that didn't make me want to um, kill myself, you know? I just looked at it different, and then I doggone changed my way of thinking, and then I came up with new plans. So, I don't know. That is crazy. Hopefully, a deep dive. Like me, I probably could do a deep dive, but I don't know if I'm going to do it, you know? There's a lot of podcasters out there. There's a whole bunch of YouTubers out there, and I follow a whole bunch of them. So I'm going to hope that one of them do a deep dive on this guy and stuff like that. So um, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but let me see if I could just jump on to another um, article, see if I could read to you guys. I'm going to read you guys to sleep tonight. All right. Danilo Cavalcante video timeline of the killer's escape from Chester County prison release. Chester County, Pennsylvania, hundreds as hundreds of law enforcement personnel continue the intense search for escaped convict Danilo Cavalcante. Chester County prison officials gave a detailed description of Cavalcante's escape from the prison. In a press conference on Wednesday, acting warden of Chester County Prison, Howard Holland, described the timeline, the timeline of Cavalcante's escape by first telling of a prisoner escape in May, in which that prisoner was caught within five minutes. That escape was the same route taken by Mr. Calvin Conte. Holland went on to say a thorough investigation was conducted after the May escape and security procedures and checkpoints were found to be sufficient to keep inmates inside the prison walls. At 8.33 of the morning of August 31st, Cavalcante entered the exercise yard with a block of inmates. The timeline then proceeds at 8.51 when he climbs an exercise wall, pushes through the razor wire, runs across the roof, scales another fence, pushes through more razor wire, and is out of the prison. Holland explained the tower officer did not see or report, report Cavalcante's escape, unlike the situation in May, where a tower officer spotted the inmate attempting to escape, reported that inmate's escape attempt revealing why that inmate was captured quickly and easily. Cavalcante's block returned to the unit at 9.35 in the morning. At 9.45, prison officials were notified of the absence of one inmate, at which point a special headcount was conducted. They determined Cavalcante was gone by 9.48 at 10 01, the public escape was sounded and 911 was notified of Cavalcante's escape. Holland then stated that not only would an internal investigation of the prison be conducted, but a thorough criminal investigation would be conducted by the Pennsylvania State Attorney General's office to determine how or why Cavalcante was able to break out. There have been five confirmed sightings of Cavalcante since his escape. 
all within two miles or so from the prison. The escape killer was seen entering the property around 8.21 p.m. and exited south around 9.33 p.m., according to authorities who believe he is still in the Pennsylvania as of Wednesday morning. While officials say his appearance has not changed, video from the sighting shows the fugitive with a backpack, sling back, duffel bag, and a hooded sweatshirt obtained since the last sighting. A trooper spotted the fugitive Sunday afternoon, but was also unable to capture the fugitive after a brief chase due to terrain in the area. The area is a two-mile radius of wooded area in Chester County, where police say they have been focusing their search and are asking residents to avoid until further notice. Now, police say they are expanding the perimeter of their search, shifting slightly south after the latest sighting on Longwood Gardens. Police swarmed two different locations in Pocopson Township and nearby Birmingham Township on Tuesday night following a pair of reported sightings. Authorities did not confirm if the reported sightings of Calvacante was legitimate, but the massive police presence suggested that the alerts were being taken seriously. Authorities on Wednesday doubled the standards reward of $10,000 for information to lead, in, to lead the arrest of Cavalcante to $20,000. All right, so it bumped up. All right, it went from 10K to 20K. It bumped, it bumped up a little bit. You know, hopefully somebody finds this person. You know, the way he snuck out of the, um, he went to like a yard, you know, where the inmates work out at. He climbed the wall. He had his feet. It was like a corridor. It's like a corridor, almost like a hallway. So he put his, he was tall enough to put his hands on the adjacent wall, and then he had his feet on the other wall, and he just climbed up. All right, you get what I'm saying? I'm trying to help you visualize this. You're like in a corridor, like a hallway. So he was tall enough where his hands could reach on the, um, he put his hands on the wall, and he put his feet in the adjacent wall, and then he climbs up by moving up. Like, like he used like a acrobatic type of skill. Like he just climbed up, like it's a corridor, a hallway, you know. With his face down, he put his hands on the wall. With his face looking down at the ground, and then he put his legs on the other wall, adjacent to where his hands is at. And then both feet is on the wall, and he's, you know, climbing the wall. And he's climbing it up. He climbed, he climbed, and I guess he got through some type of, like, I don't know how he got through out there, but they have, there's a video of him escaping and how, he, and how he got out of that prison. So, hey. Uh, and plus there's an investigation on that prison system. Um there's a uh, a general attorney is uh, is investigating that prison system, and plus there's an acting warren warden that took place of the original warden. I forgot that original warden name. I don't. I can't remember everybody's name, but something is bad going on, and a lot of people is in trouble. All right, not just the inmate that escaped. 
there's other people that's in trouble that work at that damn prison system, all right? But, well, I'm going to cut this apple pie short and sweet. You already know what time it is. This is your man, Ben's Forever Thinking Out Loud. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is called Box Benji. That is B-O-X-B-E-N-J-I, all right? Yes. And that's the same thing that you could type into the search engine to follow me on Instagram, as well as TikTok, which I am most active on, all right? Box Benji, that is B-O-X-B-E-N-J-I, all right? I'm going to holler at you people later with another segment, and this is Thinking Out Loud. Peace. Boom. It's the home line. Going to turn it up, please. Harlem Nights. Going to turn it up, please. I'm from love with. Gonna turn it up, please. Them Harlem nights. Party at the Bodega. 